And this is Trash Talk Podcast, where a podcast that talks movies, comic books, TV shows, and games, all while having a drink. My name is Austin. And this is Travis. And we're here to talk what we've been watching recently. So we've had an episode a little bit, uh, so now what we're going to do, instead of just reviewing one or maybe two movies, we're just going to have a general discussion about all the movies and TV shows, maybe, that we've been watching recently that we just wanted to chat about. In this episode, we will have a cool game of the week and comic of the week. I'm very excited to talk about both of them. And we're not going to have an at the movies section since this episode is pretty much at the movies, talk about different movies and shows that we've been watching recently. So, Travis, how has been your October viewing so far, or how was it? Uh, I didn't get a whole lot. I didn't get nearly as many movies in that I wanted to, mainly because I didn't go to the movies as much as I wanted to. But I did see a few good ones, and I've, I've got quite a few shows under my belt now. Okay, cool. And a lot of shows that you just dabbled in, you checked out an episode two, a lot that you witted, it went, I like this, I'm going to keep watching for a while. Uh. A lot, I'm still, I mean, so there's some that are continuations of ones I've watched, like a second season or whatever, but there was a few I started and I really got into and can't wait to check out more. So in this episode, uh, first of all, pardon my voice, I'm a little bit down in the weather, so, but it's just because I'm sick. In this episode, this is, if you listen to this on the Trash Talk podcast channel, this will be the last episode on this channel before we officially move over to the Beard Pretzel Podcast Network. Um, if you listen to us on the Beard Pretzel Podcast Network, thanks for checking this episode out because normally, of course, we post actual play, uh, role-playing game episodes there. So thanks for taking the time to listen to a new type of content and hopefully you enjoy. So in this continuation of the series, once we move over to the Beard Pretzel Podcast Network for good, we'll still be continuing this every other week on Fridays at 10 a.m. Like I said before, we pick a different topic every week, or I guess in this case, every other week, and we talk about it while having a couple of drinks. Not really a topic, a different movie. Movie or show or whatever. Uh, sometimes we'll do a comic book or whatnot or video game. We haven't done one of those in a while. We probably should get back to that. So, as always, we start with real news and fake news. I've been excited to do this for a while because I had some pretty good ones up here and Travis, four piece of news, one of which is fake. You gotta guess which one is a fake one, or you have to take a big old gulp of what are you you're drinking today? What is that? Uh what do I have today? I have Tiny Hat IPA from Zero Gravity. It's like a festival or festive Octoberish beer. Are you normally an IPA guy? Uh, I don't mind it. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's not my go to, but like if it's if it's there and available, I'll drink it. So Travis. Number one, I got four pieces of news. What a witch. Okay. WandaVision. From the TV show that came out last year. Pretty good show. Uh, who is your favorite character? Ooh. Uh, who is the... Uh, she wasn't an FBI. She was like a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Oh, yes. Kind of, I believe she's going to be coming back for the Captain Marvel spinoff. Yeah. I forget her name, but I really like her. Her character was awesome and really badass. And now she has like some sort of superpower, and I'm very interested to see what exactly that is. What about your second favorite character? Uh, Second favorite? Um, uh, the, the doctor lady. The one that's from Thor. How about your third favorite character? Uh Oh, uh, what's that? The Asian guy there. How are your four favorite character? Or right, just takes you too long. Okay, so Travis's four favorite character, uh, 
from one division. Uh, what was her name? Agatha. Remember Agatha all along? Oh, okay. I mean, I liked her as a character. She wasn't my favorite by any means, but I did like her as a character. And I basically, I like the the mystic part of the Marvel and DC like universes. The the more magical elements to it. Mm. That's why I liked her character. She brought in like witches. And- so you excited to see uh, Doctor Fate in the Black Adam movie? Because I am. Because I love Doctor Fate. Black Adam. Oh, yeah. from uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Oh, is is he going to be like the hero or? And he's uh, Pierce Brosnan. Ooh. He's back. Choice. He's got a really cool, dope, like, old man beard. But it's, like, really chiseled. It looks really good. And he's played, like, an older Dr. Fate who, like, leads, I think, the Justice Society. Yeah, the Justice Society of America to fight the Dwayne The Rock Johnson character, Black oh, Adam. That's pretty dope. He's he's a good choice. And also, Dr. Fate's a good character. I mean, my preferred is, like, Constantine from the mm. DC Universe. But, honestly, Dr. Fate's a close second. And his uh, apprentice... Whatever her name is, I can't. Zatanna. Zatanna. She's really cool. Speaking of magic, Agatha Harkness, the villain from WandaVision, is going to be getting a spinoff TV show. Supposedly. It's in the works. I I don't know where you'd go with it, because we kind of saw her beginning, and we kind of saw, I think, where she ended, or pretty much her end. Yeah, didn't she die at the end? Or maybe she didn't. No, no, maybe she... No, she was alive at the end. She was alive, but I think she was, like, imprisoned or whatever. She got caught. The only information I have, unless I made this up, is that it's being described as a dark comedy. Well, I could see that. I mean, like, kind of her role was, like, the dark comedic aspect of that show. I just... I don't know. I don't know if a whole show about her would work. Maybe it will. We'll see. Yeah, I don't like this kind of new trend of... Networks be like this show or movie was popular, so let's take this side character that people liked and give them their own show. But you did you tease me was, with uh, the Asian guy there, the FBI agent. Him oh, Agent Wu. Yeah, his own supernatural kind of show. Yeah, that's what people wanted, but exactly. instead we're gonna get this. Yeah, that this seems like not a downgrade, but not what I wanted. I feel like these shows, though, it's like they work good as a supporting cast but they don't really work as the main lead. I think he would have. I think the FBI agent would have. Yeah. I don't know if Agatha would. I don't know if she would have had his own like little like squad. It would have been like kind of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but more supernatural. Yeah. Like literally you take the show Supernatural and mix it with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's a pretty good combination. Uh, Number two is the cat composer. Uh, I forgot his name, but the guy who originally wrote the play and musical Cats. He hated the movie adaptation that came out a year ago Who so much that he got a therapy dog. <laughs> Very ironic. It's, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I know therapy dogs are bigger than cats. Cats don't give a crap. They <laughs> yeah. don't care about your feelings. But uh, wouldn't the cat composer want a therapy cat to help get over the cat's movie? Uh, unless he really just didn't want to think about cats anymore. Like, he was so That's distraught. True. He's like, I never want to see a cat's CGI butthole ever again. Yeah. So yeah. he's just like, I don't want, no, take the cats away. How about but if he also, never owns a cat again because of the movie? That would be sad. That'd be very sad. But again, he might not like cats to begin with. I don't know if the guy who wrote the play really likes cats at all. Number three, in our most ridiculous one, Snyder, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill. They're back. Not for Batman versus Superman. They're for a Netflix movie called 
the other man. Every square has three sides. Plot. James, played by uh, Henry Cavill, is a barista with uh, a failed marriage to his husband, played by Ben Affleck, who is a history teacher at a high school. James' loyalty is put to the test when he meets Raimi, played by Zack Snyder, at his cafe. So it sounds like Zack Snyder wants to have a three-way between Ben Affleck and, and Henry Cavill, <laughs> yeah. I mean, his choice, yeah. not the two. I mean, Ben Affleck's kind of old. He's a little old. I mean, I guess Zack Snyder's probably a bit... He's probably around the same age as Ben Affleck, I'd imagine. I would think so. I'll look it up. Um, But, okay, I, I could see why he'd go with those two. Um, I just... I question... Is this necessary? Uh, no. Okay. But he's also uh produced and wrote a prequel to a movie he made about zombies, and the prequel does not have zombies. That's true, and he's also got a sequel lined up. Which and may a sequel... Uh, Planet of the Dead, I believe it was called. Yeah, which we'll see if actually has zombies. So there's a five-year difference between Ben Affleck and Zack Snyder. I think they're both, they both have to be older than Henry, Cav- Henry Cavill, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. I gotta find out how old he is, though. Henry Cavill age. We want to bet how old he is? Hmm. He is... Want to guess? I want to say 39. Close. 38. Oh, not bad. Actually. Yeah, so he is 11 years younger than Ben Affleck and 16 years beneath Zack Snyder. Uh, it's it's Zack Snyder's choice. He can do what he wants. I just, I don't know why he deems this a necessary <laughs> movie other than the fact he wants to have a threesome with them. Uh, obviously. In number four, this is the one I thought you'd be most excited about. Very weird piece of news, unless I made it up. I never thought I would have to say this, but Disney Plus will be making officially anime series they obviously have animated series but anime so that like through like japanese like anime artists uh yeah or at least stylized look like it but Uh, yeah actual like anime anime i don't know i think it's actually through japanese companies i don't think it's gonna be like castlevania or anything like that i mean even if they did because i've seen like many um like uh i've seen a lot of artists like on twitter and stuff that they're they're Americans, but they use a very Japanese style to them, and yeah. they look damn near as good as most Japanese. Um, Is animators. it just like artists or like animators? It mainly artists, but there are some animators that do like small clips and stuff. Mm. They're generally like because it's of course really low budget. They don't have the immense amount of money that what Funimation or whatever has to spend on an anime. Definitely. Their short clips generally doesn't look as good, but they're still kind of fun. And as I said, a lot of people do use the art style, so they could get American artists to do it if they wanted to. That's making an annoying noise. We're going to stop that. Anyway, um, I, again, I don't, I don't so much know it's necessary. I mean, it's cool. I like it. I mean, uh, I still watched the star Wars one before I, I lost my subscription. To, oh yeah. Um, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. But that was like beautiful. Mm. Like some of them were absolutely amazing. And by far, like, cause uh, Netflix has done a few anime shows now. Some of theirs are crap, but like by far better than anything I've seen from Netflix. Okay. So kind of excited for it? Uh, a bit. Uh, if, if they're really willing to spend the money, which I mean, they could and they should because like just the Star Wars alone, like the amount of money that they spent on that and the reward they got from it, like having such an amazing show. If they were willing to spend that much money that they spent on the Star Wars version of it for just 
whatever anime they plan on backing, I think it could easily be great. But Travis, the only question is, which one was the made-up piece of news between the four? Uh, could you list them off again in order? Uh, Agatha Harkness, or Harkless, or whatever her name is, uh, from WandaVision is getting her own spinoff. Cat's composer, I hate the movie so much, she got a therapy dog. Zack Snyder's The Other Man, which is basically just a gay threesome between him and his Batman and his Superman. And Disney will start making an anime series. I could easily believe Disney doing something like that if they really wanted to. And they already did some something similar with Star Wars. The Agatha, I could see them doing that as well. Mm. Basically, I've learned not to bet against Disney and anything they might or might not do. So first, out of the way, get rid of the anime. I'm sorry, get rid of the Disney ones. Yeah. Those ones have they're, to be true because you don't bet against Disney. Yeah, they're, they're more than likely true. Um... So this is between a threesome between Zack Snyder and Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill and the cat composer hated the movie oh. so much. He got a therapy dog in an ironic twist. I mean, I, I can see him getting a therapy dog. I don't know if they'd announce that and make news of it. Sure. So I guess I'll go with that out of okay. everything. Cause Sounds good. So you believe the Zack Snyder threesome one more. Oh yeah. No, I could easily see him be that like that. Like, he'd put himself in his own movie and then make it so he'd have a threesome with his favorite characters. That I could is easily, a fair point, yeah. I could see him doing that any day of the week. So, the fake piece of news is, indeed, the Zack Snyder threesome movie. Not happening. Not hmm. a thing. Not at all? Like, never mentioned? Or no, not even mentioned. It okay. was going around on the internet as a real thing, but it was just made up for fun. Oh, okay. It was kind of like a joke kind of thing. But I saw it, and I thought it was real for a second, but I was like, that's pretty hilarious. I'm going to use that in the future. Nice. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into our main topic of the week, which is just a discussion on everything we've been watching recently. So how the hell did that make news that the guy, the cat's producer, got a therapy dog? Yeah, I don't know that either. Like, I mean, I get that he would have one, but, like, how does that make headlines? Yeah. Like, is it that interesting? Like, who found out about that? You know? Yeah. And who cared enough to post it on a fucking, like, website? I don't know. I, I guess before we get into our main topic of the week, I want to, as this is the final episode of Trash Talk Podcast on its own channel before it moves over to the Beer and Pretzel Podcast, I want to go back down memory lane and go back to our top ten episodes of all time. Travis, do you want to guess uh, some of the episodes? I know one was The Room. No, uh, not we the never room. reviewed The Room. Sorry, not The Room. What was the show made by that same guy? Neighbors. The Neighbors, yep. And that was the number one for a while, and it has went down to number four, but it is still our fourth most listened to episode, where we talked to uh, Carly Kim, who was on that show, with Tommy Wiseau's awful sitcom. Yeah, and she's actually a really nice person, yeah. despite having to deal with Tommy Wiseau the asshole. Yeah. Um... Maybe he's not an asshole. Maybe he just does really bad movies. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that one I knew was it the Harley Quinn one, the the movie version, the Birds of Prey. I know that one did pretty well. Close, but no cigar. The Harley Quinn animated show is on the top ten. Oh, but the movie only made it to like eleven. Uh, must have been. Yeah, I don't see past ten, so I don't know. Okay, but yeah, Harley Quinn animated show is top ten. Hmm. Um, some other ones I'm kind of surprised are Grand Theft Auto 5 review is actually number two. 
So actually, a video game actually did very well. With... Oh, was that the one where we got your dad to join us? No, no. This oh, was this the, the podcast room. review of Lewis. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that now. That's cool. Lewis was on the second one. And actually, the episode you weren't on was our number three episode, which was Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. With Jose. I did this review of Jose like over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when you did it. I thought about going, but I never watched the movie, so I never joined. <laughs> yeah, well, you missed a part of history, I guess. I did finally watch the movie, though. Really? Yeah. What do you think? It's kind of crap, but I liked it. <laughs> That's a fair review. Uh, other ones for our top 10 list that uh, Castlevania season free review with games my mom found. Oh, yep. Always good chatting with Mike. Uh, the Mandalorian and the Witcher TV show review. Fair enough. Uh, Borderlands 3, also with Lewis. Oh, damn. So two game reviews made it up there. Yeah. Uh, actually, kind of surprised. Maybe we should do more games in the future. We definitely should. Uh, the Actually, I'm surprised about this. The Goon comic book review. Oh, I love that one, actually. Yeah. Now that I remember it. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that just a comic book episode by itself did so well. But maybe we should do more things like this where we just review a comic or game. Especially if they're more like the indie comic. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming most people have read Batman and all that by now. But, like, yeah. we do actually, like, Goon, which is not as well known. Or, like, maybe Hellboy or something. I think those could do very well or did do very well. Which seems to be a trend because our number one listened to episode was something that is definitely considered more indie than blockbuster. I thought a Marvel movie would make it to top one. When in fact, even though we've done a bunch of Marvel reviews, not one made our top 10 list. I'm surprised actually. Our number one listened to episode by far, grabbing 6% of our total listens of all time, is Willy's Wonderland. Oh, crap. I almost forgot about that movie. Yeah. Uh, 263 downloads. Um, I'm kind of sad to end the channel with it doing so well there. And some of these other ones getting over 100. But, but again, we weren't, we're not like throwing everything away. We still have more episodes coming out. And we do have everything on the Patreon for anyone who cares to listen to our old episodes. Yeah, correct. So all that stuff will still be here and we'll still be making content. Uh, the Boys is our number 10. The Boys review of, I assume, the first season. Yeah, I think we only did the first season, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think we reviewed season two as well. I guess it didn't make the top ten, though. Huh. Well, with that out of the way of going down memory lane, I guess uh, you want to guess, besides obviously America, uh, what other countries listen to us the most? I remember Australia was big for a little while. What's my guess? I'm going to go... I'm assuming English, because an English-speaking country. Oh, maybe South Africa? I know there's a lot of English-speaking people there. So number two after, of course, the United States is Canada, if you count that as a different country. Besides Canada, we go to the United Kingdom. Okay. Then Australia. Then India, which is kind of surprising. Then Thailand at 1.14%. And then also with 1% of total lessons is Germany. Uh, Netherlands, Nigeria, also at 1%. So if they're the 1%, they're probably like one person. But still, I mean, I could easily see at least one English-speaking person be like, oh, this podcast sounds interesting. And for my home country, Sweden, at almost 1%. Also at almost 1% is Russia, Russia Brazil, Mexico. Oh, they didn't even... Okay, so those were countries that probably had one person. So anything that made 1% was maybe like two people or something. Yeah. 
And what is the least listened to? There's a couple countries that only one listen came from. So some person listened once. So it was like, nah, that's not for me. Uh, included Indonesia, uh, the Faroe Islands. I don't even know where that is. Colombia, Afghanistan, uh, Jersey. Where is Jersey? Not the state. Uh, Japan, also with one list, and I'm surprised not more. Where's China on this list? Oh, China probably can't. They have their own, like, social medias over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's too bad. Also with Japan, we didn't, I've never really done any anime as well. Yeah. That's why how much I've asked you to, but never mind. That's fair. Ah, well, that's, uh, that's interesting. And most, piece, most people listen to our podcast on the Podbean app, followed by... Pandora, actually. I'm surprised about that. I didn't know we had so many people listening on Pandora. And it's pretty popular. Actually, I think Spotify would be pop- more popular than Pandora, but... I know on the Beer and Pretzel podcast, Spotify is way over pretty much everything besides Podbean. Pandora is not even, like, mentioned on the Beer and Pretzel podcast. Mm. That's weird. Huh. Anyway, uh, it, once again, I apologize for my sniffles and stuff. I'm a little bit sick. All right, Travis, let's get into it. Discussion about everything we watched in October... And as this is the beginning of November, early November. So let's talk about things we saw first in theaters, as those are the big names. Uh, ones we watched together are uh, Bond, Live Another Day, not Live Another Day, uh, Die Another Day, I think. All these Bond names, they kind of like blend together. I think together. it's Die Another Day. Yeah, Die Another Day. And then we watch, not together, but we watch at the same time, uh, Dude. Yeah, actually. Well, you didn't see it in theater, though. No, I didn't watch it on my TV. I wish I got to see it on uh, the bigger screen. It was pretty decent on big screen. Yeah, it's even the director wanted people to watch it on IMAX. There's just no IMAX near us, but at least you got the closest experience, even though the Savoy isn't that big. Yeah, it's not even as big as the normal theater. Yeah. So uh, what do you want to start talking about? Uh, Well, if we're starting with those two, I guess... uh... Let's go with James Bond as a starter, as a kickoff. Yeah, so uh, the new James Bond movie, it's interesting movie for me to talk about because watching it, I never thought anything was bad. I never thought the cinematography was bad, the acting was bad, the characters were bad. Uh, maybe the plot wasn't great, but the action was good, visually looked good. Uh, there was parts that the dialogue, I was like, that's a good line. But overall, when I left the movie, I was like, that was kind of forgettable. Mm. And I never thought anything was horrible, but it was just the same spy plot that I have seen, because I watch a lot of like the Mission Impossible movies with the James Bond movies, Kingsman 2. The plots all kind of blend together after you see a certain amount of them. Yeah. That was one thing I... Because I've watched a lot of the older Bond movies, and I vaguely liked most of them when I was younger. And my biggest thing was there always seemed to have some new element to him. Even though it's always the same James Bond or maybe a new James Bond, but they'll they'll kind of blend together at some point. Yeah. But there's always a new aspect. Like I remember one, it was like on an island in the middle of uh I think it was the Chinese Sea. It was just this most random thing where this guy was like creating a nuclear power plant out there to destroy the world. There's just something odd, but once it got to a certain point, it seems like they all became interchangeable. Like between Mission Impossible, between maybe the the second Kingsman, the first Kingsman was actually good. Um, uh, what was that other weird one? Like Agent Cody Banks or whatever it was. Agent Cody Banks, what is that? It was this weird 
a spy like ripoff thing about a teenage kid who became a security. Huh. It was weird. Um, but they all just became the same and there was always the same bad guy, pretty much the same plot. Um, the new ones are no real different. I think out of the newest James Bonds, I think Casino Royale was one of the better ones, even though I still yeah. haven't seen it, surprisingly enough. Casino I don't know Royale, how. I watched it for the first time recently. I saw it in parts in college, but I always would fall asleep or I just miss part of it. I watched it for the first time the other day. Casino Royale is amazing. Yeah. It is the one out of all the new James Bond movies. And I like all the new James Bond movies. It's, it's like, the one that feels the most fresh. James Bond in it isn't traditional James Bond. He doesn't always just wear a suit. He doesn't just go after ladies or drink martinis or whatever. He's pretty much an Indiana Jones type character. He goes around the world. He doesn't always wear a suit. He wears like, you know, brown pants and a white t-shirt, whatever's the most comfortable and easy for him to fight in or whatever. He does really cool shit. Yeah. Chase after people, whatever. And there's a really cool, interesting plot about him having to go into a, the Casino Royale and having to play against the main bad guy, and they play in, like, a high-cost, high, high, uh, high cost, like, poker tournament or whatever. And high stakes. A, yeah, high stakes. That's the word I was looking for. And it was by far the best Bond girl of all time, someone that he has a real connection with. Mm. And, like, their chemistry t- together is amazing. I would highly, highly recommend anyone watching Casino Royale, especially you. Yeah, no, I def- I've, I've been meaning to cover. I've seen a few of the new James Bond, including the last two that they made, or maybe not the last two. Ones mm. with Daniel Craig in them. And this one is, the, the newest one, the Die Another Day, is better than most of them. Or pr- I think pretty much all of them, ones that I've seen. Yeah. But I di- by the sounds of it, it's not even as good as Casino Royale. And it's, in my opinion, not as good as some of the older ones. It just, even though they were kind of, I don't know, like, flimsy and maybe the plots didn't make much sense. They always gave you something to, they always give you an aspect to look forward to or a new villain that was actually kind of cool or something. Sure. This one, the villain was forgettable. Honestly. He was, yeah. Um, Cause I genuinely don't remember who it was. <laughs> the, the plot overall was more or less forgettable. There was a couple of good action scenes. I'll give it that. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, Daniel Craig's a good actor and a I don't know if he does MMA, but like the way they made it, the fight scenes choreographed, it made it look like it was really good. But, and then they did some vague story with him having a kid or something that I think. Yeah, that was, I don't think it was his kid or maybe they implied it could have been his kid. Possibly. It was his love interest's kid. Yeah. But yeah, the main bad guy kind of disappointed because it was uh, Robbie Malek, who I really like as an actor. In the trailer, he looked cool with that like half like doll mask and the mm. scars on the side of his face. But he's like barely in the movie, and his plot is just another like I need to blow up the earth to I don't know start again. Like another like Thanos shit. Like I'm a bad guy, but I have some good qualities. I kill the earth, but it's for a good reason. It's like oh my god, that plot has been used by bad guys so many times. Yeah. And the doll mask, which, albeit a cool concept, was only used for, like, one scene. Just, yeah, sorry, two scenes. Two scenes. Because he brought it back to show the love interest girl. Mm-hmm. To, like, scare or whatever. But, was, but he didn't wear it the rest of the movie. But he genuinely didn't wear it from that one scene in the beginning. Yeah. Which was actually a kind of cool, creepy mask. It actually would have made him more intimidating than just seeing his face. Which, albeit it looked intimidating, but not as scary. I thought they were going to do something different when, in the beginning, he was, like... 
I forget where he was. He was in the Caribbean Islands or Philippines. He was some tropical place. Where oh, he, like he had retired, retired. Yeah. for the millionth time. Yeah. But yeah, once again, he gets dragged back and he goes to another like British country or whatever. A British country. Yeah, <laughs> a British know. country. You mean yeah. Britain? Britain, yeah. And I was just kind of disappointed. The one thing, though, that kind of upset me was something that was equally good and bad. Bad in that she's only there for like 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, Anna D. Armos, I believe her name is. Uh, she was in Knives Out, and she's some, some other things. Uh, she plays a character in this that's only in the movie for 10 minutes, but was by far my favorite action scene in the movie. And also, she was probably my favorite character in the movie, too, especially the new characters that's introduced. Uh, she plays... I really know what role she is. She's just, like, a sexy spy part of the organization. So she's a CIA agent in training, I believe. Or just finished training or something like that. Yeah, I think they mentioned that. Um, and, you know, she's in there for a little bit. Her scenes with Daniel Craig, they had great chemistry together. And them teaming up to, like, kill the bad guys or break Dude, it in. that was the best action scene By far, in the entire yeah. movie. And she was great. And Daniel Craig and her worked together very well. And she never shows up again. She says bye, and I thought she would come back. But no. I mean, I guess it's it's a good like it's a possibility for like future, like she could come back in the future, but yeah, it's a bit disappointing because she was awesome. She was a great, like I said, you call bond girl. Kind of. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what she was, even though they implying that the love interest of bond was the bond girl in this movie, despite the fact that they didn't really work together at all. But yeah, no, it was very disappointing to only see her for that one scene. And even uh, who is the other, the James bond, the second one, the, the female James bond. I need to find her name. Uh, she's in it more, but yeah, she's, she's not in it a ton. She's in it more, but I think like, is it like a kind of a buddy cop type thing? I think that yeah. could have worked. Like buddy cop secret secret agent. It's not die number day. That's a Brazen one. It's no time to die. No time to die. We screwed that up so bad. They're so close in name. All of them are. Anyway, but I think she honestly like, she was a much better character that should have been used even more than she was. Not that like she was used more than the other female there. Uh, but she wasn't used enough or properly. I think. Yeah. So the character we're talking about is Naomi. Who yes. is also known as 007. Briefly. She's not 007 the whole time. Uh, cause I know when the cast came out for that, people were like freaking out like, Oh, James Bond shouldn't be a woman or whatever. She's not even really, it's, I don't know. She's not even like she's James. She's not even James Bond. She's 007 for a part, a portion of the movie. And then at the end, she's like, nah, you're James Bond or you're not even James Bond. You're well, you're obviously you're James Bond. Yeah. But you're 007. And that's the whole thing. Like with the whole like 007 and James Bond, they're just code names and yeah. a, a number. Like it's a number given to a secret agent. Like it yeah. could literally be given to anyone. And the code name could be given like, Normally it wouldn't be given to a woman, but Jane Bond could be given to a woman. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. It's not set to one person. And that's how there's been so many James Bond throughout the years. Yeah. Cause they could be different versions, but the thing is they're not James Bond's real name is James Bond. It's not like he gets the name James Bond by 007. 007 is his code name from my understanding of that. So she's not going to be James Bond. She's not going to be Jane Bond. She's just going to be whatever her character's name is, Naomi, I think, 007. Yeah. Well, see, I still don't know how it works because it's been James Bond. Like, every single 007 has been James Bond so far. 
Are they all the same? But they're all different actors, of course. I always see that as just a reboot it though, not that they're continuation of anything. Because there's Maybe. different, there's different uh, cues, there's different Mrs. Moneybags. That's true, but like, why continue it now? If you're not, if you could just reboot it every single, why do a continuation now and show us the new Double mm. Seven? Because they know Daniel Craig doesn't want to do any more movies, and they like maybe the upper cast members of everyone else. Uh, maybe. Because there's just like, I feel like there's only so many reboots can you do before people get old. Well, I mean, got old years ago, but yeah, they still fair. kept doing it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, no, she's uh, good at it. Um, I feel like everyone's pretty good in this movie, but it's just, I don't know, mm. in the end, it's just like... Eh. Love, it. Love interest wasn't so great. That's true. She wasn't good. The villain, even though he's a good... Good actor. I don't think he was portrayed very well. He's given nothing to do, is the thing. Yes. He's given nothing to do, and his motivation seems kind of weak. I'm surprised they got such a fairly big name, because he won. He was, uh, who was he? He was Freddie Mercury's queen two years ago, won an Oscar for that. And in this movie, he doesn't do anything. He seems such a boring role. He, like, the bad guy is a cool role but he doesn't really do anything yeah, like, uh they bring back christoph waltz as uh uh what's his name fuck the guy who strokes a cat with the broken eye what's his name from the original james bond movies see i haven't watched the old ones uh i've watched old one. i don't remember that he's like the classic one that the fucking austin powers character is based off uh fuck what's his name uh, but he's basically a classic villain that ran Spectre in the old movies. Okay, I I know who you're talking about. Oh crap, I'm terrible with names. I'm not Blofeld gonna... apparently. Blofeld, I didn't know that was the name, but I guess it is. But Christoph Waltz returns. If you saw Spectre, he was the main villain of that movie. Although I also think he wasn't very used very well in that movie. He returns in this movie as kind of like a cameo before he's killed off. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's just like everything's like, uh, that's cool, I guess. Super long movie was like two hours and forty minutes of nothing. Build up to uh, nothing. All these movies gotta be so damn long these days, and like it has such a. I talked to you about this before. It's such a serious tone that like there's no fun to. This is not fun. It's just that it's so serious. It was making me sleepy. Yeah, I fell asleep at different portions. Even though we went to an early show of the movie. Exactly. I actually heard you snoring a couple of times. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like uh, one thing with like, uh, let's compare it to the Kingsman real quick with the Kingsman, even though it was serious, it didn't take itself too. It didn't take itself too serious, even though it was kind of a serious movie. Like it still had some fun aspects to it as to where this was all let's it's all business casual. We're, we're not going to do anything fun and kind of campy and stupid. And, I mean, I don't know if that worked in its favor or not, but it didn't help it at all. That's a good way to put it. And just because I want it to be a little bit more fun, it doesn't mean I want it to be like a Marvel movie with a bunch of like quippy jokes or anything like that. Because I feel like some people think that like, oh, if you want a movie that's not as serious, you just want it to be like a Marvel movie. No. No. But it can take itself a little bit less seriously. You can have a little bit more fun energy. Yeah. Even if you watch Casino Royale, while that's not obviously a comedy or anything like that, that movie has more of a fun pace to it between really serious scenes, more fun action adventure scenes, and like really romantic tension filled uh, 
seeds. You said parts of it felt like very Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is very much a very serious movie, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's this super long, like, chasing the beginning of the movie. Not super realistic, but super fun to watch and very, very well filmed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we should talk about something else. I've said everything I wanted to say about this we movie. We definitely gave too much of a review on this one. Yeah. Uh, dude. Dude, I liked better than Bond. Uh, I don't think Bond is a bad film, but I don't plan on watching that Bond movie again, ever. Uh, Dune is a movie that is a visual spectacle. It is very. Um, the only thing, it almost feels very, gr- or I guess tan, because it's all desert. So it just yeah. always feels tan. Always, It's very gray and tan. Yeah, I always feel like I'm looking at a very dull screen when I'm looking at it. Other than that, other than the fact that like the color palette's not amazing, it is visually amazing because there's uh there's spaceships, there's these giant uh earthworm kind of like from Tremors but like on a massive scale. Um, there's like ancient Egyptian ruin type things that people live in, and I don't know it. It's absolutely incredible. Like the amount of CGI and practical effects that they put into it is amazing. Mm. But the the color palette, except for when they go off world to like other planets that have vegetation and greenery and stuff, other than that, it always just feels dull. Yeah, it definitely has a duller color palette. Uh, the director, uh, I'm not gonna try to pronounce his name, Dennis Villanavi. I've pretty much seen all of his movies, and while I only really love love one of his movies, all of his movies are very, very, very well made, and this is no exception. It's a blend between CGI and practical effects to make a movie that looks incredible. Uh, beats any Marvel movie by far uh, by combining CGI with practical effects. Uh, a really, really big cast. Uh, Travis, I'll go for these cast members. I want you to tell me your favorite character or performance by the actor of someone who's not the main character. Because there's a lot of big, big names in this. Ooh, Jason Momoa, he was amazing. Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho loved him. I hate his name, but I love his character. Yeah, Duncan Idaho, kind of a silly name for a space movie. Oscar Isaac played uh, the main character's father, the king or he, emperor. It, no, he wasn't the emperor. He was the he was a uh, like a duke. Okay, yeah, no, um, you're right. He was a duke. Uh, he was in, his role was incredible. I kind of wish he'd survived a bit longer than he did, like to the second movie, maybe. That's I, why I, I wish they made Dune as a TV show. Yeah, no, I definitely think like it should have been drawn out a lot more than it was, but he was amazing. Even the villains, uh, who was it? Uh, so the Baron, played by Stellan Skarsgård, uh, the actor put on a ton of prosthetic makeup and fat suits to make him the really fat. Apparently, they wanted him to look like a rhino of a man. He was very much a rhino. He yeah. was he was intimidating, even though like if. Like, without his space equipment, he didn't look like he could physically move on his own. He was a menacing force just sitting in a chair, not doing anything. Uh, I was scared of him. His brother, um, played by, uh, I already forgot his name, but he played in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Dave Bautista? Dave Bautista. Yep. He's in the movie, not for very long at all. I remember him having, like, one line, but maybe I'm wrong. It, it was only one line, but his action scenes more than made up for his lack of talking. Uh, Josh Brolin, another Guardians of the Galaxy character, uh, Thanos, uh, plays the general? 
Oh yeah, in the in the Duke's army. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Javoir Bardem plays Stergar, who's like he's like the leader of the desert people. Uh, uh, he wasn't in it very much. No, he I wasn't. Can't really form an opinion on his character yet. Uh, Dave Dashamashan, who I really love as a character actor, he was recently Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad. He played the Baron's like. He also didn't really have much to do in this movie, but he's like the Baron's like advisor. Oh, he's a heavier set guy, right? No, it's skinnier. Yeah, he's really skinny. Uh, a lot of makeup and stuff. Very unrecognizable. Okay, I remember the heavier set guy. The the I think he was like Hispanic. Uh, I don't remember either. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson plays Lady Jessica. I really liked her in this movie, even though she her mostly her role was to cry. <laughs> she did a very good job crying. <laughs> uh, Zendaya was promised or like showed a lot of marketing, but Zendaya is not in the movie very much. She's the main girl that the the guy yeah. is. Basically, though, the guy who, he's just sips about her in his dreams. Yeah. yeah, she did seem like she had much more of a part, and he did have like dream sequences of her where they interacted. But yeah, by the end of it, she didn't have much of a role, if any, in this movie. Oh, I know you talk about the heavy set guy. Uh, he, I really like Evo. He's not a big name like the rest of them. I really like that guy in his role. Who is he? Uh, uh, he was he was like one of the generals for the good guys. Yeah, I'm talking about the advisor for the bad guys. Oh, advisor. Okay, that. Okay, he did have a shitload of makeup. Yeah, I know. I would so, not have recognized him, but I see where you're going. He is. He definitely poked it up, man. Obviously, uh, Timothy Chalamet had the most uh, screen time in this movie. Everyone else had. Much less, some people like way, way less, but a like ton of huge names in this movie. Uh, Travis, who were you most impressed by, even if they didn't have as much uh, screen time as you would have wanted? Ooh, um, is either the the heavier set general, uh, that was like to the Duke, I, I still can't remember his character's name, or it was that lady that was like the she worked for the, the emperor, um. And then she helped the the main guy escape. She, uh, I believe, she died to an earthworm, but uh, she was like a scientist uh, to help, like, give people information on the world. Yeah, I, I can't remember her name either. You liked the, her role in it. I liked her role. She died very quickly, unfortunately. The other guy, as far as I know, possibly survived the the heavy set general. Um, either one of those two, I think, deserved a much more screen time and much more lines than they got. Yeah, I liked, for the bigger names, Jason Momoa's character, Duncan Idaho, was a, such a fun character for him to play, and his action scenes were so badass. He also got killed off. Well, I mean, he did last most of the movie, but he still, I think, got killed off too quickly. Apparently, in the books, uh, the Baron clones him in the books. I don't know if that's going to translate, but in the books, uh, yeah, he's cloned. He comes oh. back. As a bad guy. I don't know. Well, if clone in the Baron's army. <laughs> Uh, the Baron was really cool. He's not in it a lot, but he's awesome. I, I like Joss Brolin as kind of like another father figure to Timothy Chalamet's character. Pretty much everyone did a really good job with uh, the screen time they had. And so generally, there was no bad characters. Like, no. Even, no. I, I think it was like a random character. He was like uh, watering some plants outside. Oh, yeah. Uh, even his character, I was like, ooh, I want to find out more about him. He didn't get killed off, unfortunately. But I was like, oh, I want to I know more about his story. I want to know what's going on with his day. 
Yeah, I saw that scene. I was like, that's a random scene to be in the movie. I liked the scene, though. It was a good scene. Yeah, because it, it taught the main protagonist something. It was kind of like almost another father figure, if you say, out of this random stranger that he just met on the side of the his the garden. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Lady Jessica, she probably had the most screen time besides the main character, but yeah, I really liked her in this movie. I liked her. She did too much crying and didn't have enough like actual like conversation. Yeah. Yeah. They did just kind of make her to a crying figure. I kind of felt bad for the actress. I kind of feel like she's more for that, but you know, I've not read the books. I don't know how close it follows it, but yeah. So this movie is kind of interesting in that it is very much supposed to set up another movie and it did green light a second one, but it's not going to, I don't think they're going to start filming it for another two years. It's going to be a while till we see another one. But when I watched it, I was like, even though it's a long movie, it felt like it went by pretty quickly. And by the end, I was like, oh, that was a very abrupt ending. Yeah. What's going on next? It was very good pacing throughout the movie. Like it never felt, even though, as you said, it was like long, it never felt too long. It never felt like there was empty space. It's around the same screen time as Bond, but definitely felt much, much faster. Mm much quicker pace to it. Um, the one thing I would got to give a hindrance to this movie, just discussing it is that, uh, I don't know. I feel like a movie should not just always be something that sets up another movie. It was a good movie, but it felt like we're supposed to watch it as part of like a three story arc. Yeah. And if we jump 10 years in the future, I get to watch all three at once. I'll probably rate this movie higher. But just watch it right now. It's an incomplete story. Yeah. So if if by some chance in two years, if one of the actors or all the actors die off and we never get a chance to see anything more, it'll just have ended on a big cliffhanger, which is a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so which character do you want to see more out of the next movie? Uh, I obviously Zendaya will beat it more, but anyone else? Uh, easily send if they bring him back I'd love to see more of Duncan Idaho but Duncan I, Idaho <laughs> I genuinely want to see more of that general that I can't remember his name of the heavy suit general he was epic and I absolutely loved his character and it, like the amount of he probably got out of all the side characters he probably got some of the most the best dialogue and I loved every minute of his dialogue yeah I did too uh, any favorite scenes uh, I think it was that whole, uh, was it the spitting scene where it was like the, the, the sand people's, uh, chieftain came into their, uh, like, we'll call it oval office. They're like, yeah. room, and he spit on the ground. And then I think it was Duncan. I character was like, Oh, that's a sign of respect because they were about to kill him. And they it was all like, spit on the desk. Yeah. And they all spit on the desk because it was a sign of respect to like waste water. Uh, that makes sense because desert, you don't have much water. Yeah, or much moisture. Yeah, so yeah, that was uh, that was a good scene. And another one would have been uh, where was the uh, the sand or the sorry the what what is that the drug called spice the spice the spice harvester where it's making vibrations and uh like it's uh, it's carrier comes to pick it up but it fails. And then oh, the main yeah. character to go rescue the people. And that was a good as, seed. Yeah, as the giant sandworms coming to like eat, devour everything. That was a damn good scene. That was the visual of uh, Josh Brolin's character grabbing 
uh, the main character pulling mm. him on right before he falls off to see Edward's uh, mouth was good. I like the scene where uh, the main character, Paul, was tested by you put your hand in the box, you're going to feel pain. Very if you take it out, you'll die. And it looks like from what I saw, they weren't fucking around. Apparently, they would have killed the Duke or the Duke's son if he pulled his hand out of the box. Um, they're pretty big church type organization they probably could have got away with killing him without getting repercussions but yeah that was like a boss move so yeah let's, all right so yeah dude good movie uh yeah uh, i enjoyed it uh hopefully we'll see number one in a couple of years uh other movies that we watched recently other ones i saw in theaters i only saw one more last night in soho which i saw last night and i loved it definitely the best movie i've seen in october and september by far or not September, September uh, November. Uh, definitely, it's a movie going without knowing a ton about it, but the main two characters played by Anna Taylor-Joy and the other young girl, both of them are really good. They contrast against each other very well. And the movie is very trippy to watch, and it's very visually awesome to see because there's a lot of like really bright colors, especially when they go to other time periods. And, uh, you know, the camera work is really cool. Just a lot of spitting of the camera. And it's just a visual treat to watch. And it's the first time in a while that I would... Now, that is an original story. It was... It gave me the same amount of satisfaction as when I saw The Matrix for the first time. When I saw The Matrix for the first time, I was blown away by the visuals, the camera work, and the story and originality of it. And this, same exact thing. Seeing Bond... Pretty decent movie, I guess. Seen that story a million times. Dude, very good visually. I like the characters. It's a sci-fi based movie with a lot of like intergalactic turmoil. Very much remind me of Riddick. Kind of like Riddick. I see more Star Wars. But, yeah, Star Wars and Riddick mixed together. Uh, I saw a lot of Halloween movies during October. A lot of them have very similar plots, of course. This movie had a plot the whole time. There was twists and turns, a lot of things going on, and it was the one movie that I was like, now that is the original story. I left walking away going, I had a fun time watching that, and I was blown away by something new. Yeah, so that's almost inspiration for you because you want to be a director. Yeah, yeah. So seeing new stories, not like seeing a bunch of other movies that are like plots done a million times is... Awesome experience to watch. So if people can watch it, I would definitely recommend it. And it's one of those movies that even though it's not like Dude, because Dude is so huge and epic, obviously it's not like that. But it is another movie like Dude that I would say you have to, if you can, watch on the big screen. Mm. I don't think I would have got the same amount of it if I saw it on my own TV, just for certain reasons that you'll only notice once you actually see the movie theater. But yeah, Last Night Soho is an awesome movie. Made by one of my favorite directors, uh, Edgar Wright, who did uh, uh, Hot Fuzz, which I love. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, what, what have you been watching recently, Travis? I've been watching a lot of stuff. Mainly TV shows. Uh, not so much big movies. Um, One I watched recently that I absolutely loved, it was a bunch of uh, short films. And I think it was kind of the inspiration for, uh, what was that Netflix one? Uh, love, Death, and Robots? Yep. So, it's called uh, Robot Carnival. Huh. And it was uh it's uh, all animated and it was basically a bunch of uh Japanese uh anime artists 
before they became like famous, before they became like big and very well known and animated some much bigger TV shows. Um, so it's all, all a bunch of short stories and they're probably like, I don't know, 20 minutes long max. And it's all of these various, uh, a lot of them have something to do with robots, AKA Ro- robot carnival being the main theme. Mm. Uh, but the very first episode of the, of the show is called robot carnival. And it just starts off with quite literally a town of uh, people getting massacred by a bunch of robots that were designed to be a robot carnival. They were designed for like fun and entertainment, but they just go on this mass murdering spree, like destroying all of humanity in this post-apocalyptic future. So kind of like Terminator sort of kind of, but like if was, if Terminators were like a fun, like Mm. they sang and danced and did all kinds of weird crap. So yeah, more entertainment robots. Yeah. Entertainment. But then they go and kill you. Yeah, this does look very much like it would be the inspiration for Love, Death, and Robots, of course. Yeah. It looks very visually good, too. So a lot of them were... There was a few, of course. Uh, It is an older anime... Or not even a series. It's literally just a short movie that was short films. Um, But anyway. But absolutely stunning. And the animation is on par with... Like, so some of it... Like, the very first one gave me very, like, Studio Ghibli vibes. Like the animation style and the artwork and stuff was incredible. So I do, I I highly recommend anybody who wants to watch it, anybody who has a Crunchyroll, check out Robot Carnival. If you haven't already, of course. Also looks like it's also on Tubi too. So uh, Tubi has like ads and stuff, but that's another way you can watch it. Yeah. I might check this out. This looks good. And it is an hour and a half, so not very long. So yeah, that's I believe it's good. nine different stories. Okay, nine stories. Yeah, uh, no, this is uh, eight fantasy segments by Japanese filmmakers oh, show eight. variations of the theme of robots. Okay, so it's eight. Yeah, no, this looks good, and uh, looks like some big names uh, were the directors behind it. Uh, but yeah, no, that's very cool. Other things that I've been watching recently because. Uh, October was a big month for me watching a bunch of horror movies as much as I could. I was trying to watch once one every day, but unfortunately I felt too short. I was very sad. I mean, you did kind of give up on Halloween. I didn't give up. I fell asleep. Sure. So I saw a shitload, you know, a lot of good ones, some pretty bad ones, you know, stuff like that. One weird one we watched together was Sleepaway Camp. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, so Sleeper Away Camp was a slasher film, pretty standard plot. But the end of it, the big reveal is that the one of the main girl characters we've been following all along is actually a guy and the killer. Yeah, so it and starts. It really just ends. It really does. It starts off where a family of, uh, I think it's a family of three. It's a father, son, and daughter. They're out on the lake having fun, and they get into a boating accident of some sort, and they die off. And we see one survives of the three. One survives and lives on. And then he that the one goes off to go with a different family. Which, when we see it, we're like, okay, it was the daughter. Even though, like, looking in the water, you kind of see the haircut and it looks kind of like the boy. By the end of it, or by, like, halfway through the movie, you're like, okay, it must have been the daughter so that survives because it looks very much like a girl. And I think it was a female character, like an actress mm. that played the role. But then by the end of it, they're like, oh, by the way, this is a boy. And it gets so weird and so awkward. 
Yeah, very graphic. Very graphic. Mainly, uh, so like a lot of, uh, it's almost like pedophilia. There's a lot of very old guys hitting on some very young girls. Like, of course, they don't show anything, but like very creepy. Mm. Yeah, the movie has a lot of uh, sexual themes to it. I don't know if the movie is supposed to be like, these old guys are bad, so they die, I guess, kind of. But also, we're sort of like that because we non-purposely, accidentally, very much so, saw a minor naked at the very end when the main character was exposed to be a boy. So I think the movie is a little bit, has a little bit more going for it than you would think, but is not something I would generally say is like a great movie or anything like that. It's a shock it ended. That's what's most known about it. I think what was, what was it? The rating was, it was kind of like, as we said, Kino is so bad. It's good. Yeah. Which it vaguely falls into that category. Cause I think like with the shock at the end and with, the storyline that it presents, even though it's very kind of cringeworthy, but like looking at it now, I'm sure at the time it was much better, but it's like very much, it's like a bunch of very creepy older dudes. Some of them wearing very, very tight short shorts, were <laughs> unnecessary and crop tops, I guess, which is the style um, hitting on very young girls. Like it's very cringy, but like looking on it now, it's like, okay, for the time, this story was like revolutionary. Yeah, perhaps. Because I think this was what, like early, or sorry, late 80s maybe-ish? Uh, 1983. Okay, so early 80s. So it's a very different, coming from its time period, it was a very different story. It was one that probably wasn't told at that point in time. Do you know what movie I saw for the first time that I know you have that I actually enjoyed a lot more than I thought I was going to? Freddy versus Jason. It has been for ever since I've seen that movie, but I've seen it. Yeah. So I think it's better than two other versus movies. And I will stand by this. Batman versus Superman, Kong versus Godzilla. If you analyze them on a write-in and plot structure, which I didn't think these two dumb slasher characters have a decent plot, plot write-in-wise, stronger for both movies. I'm not going to say I don't disagree with you. All right, that's fair, yeah. Because, I mean, it's definitely better than Batman vs. Superman. Batman vs. Superman writing easily could have been so much better, especially with how much money they could have spent on it. Mm. Now, Godzilla vs. Kong, I mean, it's two monsters, so motivation-wise, you're never going to get anything on par with, like, human versus human. So it, it's, it's definitely better than that, but I don't know if it's because of writing or if it's because of characters. They're in the movie a decent amount. That's not really an issue. Just, I thought the pacing was really bad. It was like, it went from serious to goofy to weird. And like, I was like, the whole time I was like, this is, this is whack. Oh, that's There's some really slow parts of it. It'll get to a really good part of it, like really slow for a while. Uh, but Freddy vs. Jason was pretty much fun the whole time. Uh, fun, stupid, uh, but, you know, it was really fun. I actually really enjoyed it. A couple of horror movies that I'll just mention, because I watched... 28, so I'm not going to talk about all of them. Uh, I watched The Raid with my dad. That was fun. I watched The Blob for the first time. That was really good. I think that's on Hulu. And that's kind of body horror like The Thing and The Fly. Yeah. It had the best kill scenes, I think, of any movie I've ever seen. Very creative kills with every single death on it. It was very good. On Hulu, there's a movie called Scary Stories to Tell the Dark. That was actually pretty good. It was, it 
kind of felt like a PG-13, like, it. Because, like, a bunch of kids in the 80s, they, like, ride around on bicycles. And, like, there's a bunch of things that target their, like, worst nightmares. It's kind of a plot similar to it. But it was actually very well done and very scary for PG-13. Uh, I saw the void. That was pretty cool. Uh, it it's kind of like a, a close like Call of Cthulhu type movie with like a bunch of portals opening up and demons showing up and like going into like other worlds and stuff. Okay, uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, I saw Friday the Thirteenth for the first time ever. That was pretty solid. Uh, we watched the worst movie of all time together. Uh, do you remember Charles movie called The Demolisher? I didn't remember its name, but I remember the movie vividly. <laughs> that was such a bad movie. And you couldn't... Oh, actually, you did manage to return it, I believe. I did find a way to return it. It was so bad, you had to return it. And I felt Only bad. spending, like, $3 on it. Yeah, it wasn't even that much. It was, like, 4 or $5. I felt bad to return it to, like, a small store that, you know, they need the money. But I was like, I will never watch this movie again. Yeah. Because it was so god-awful. It was physically not worth watching the first time, let alone a second, third, or fourth time. That was a rough viewing experience watching that movie. Like, I had some troubles, even though it was vaguely entertaining, Hobo with a Shotgun. Mm. Like, I had some troubles watching that. This one, I physically could not stand watching it. And it gave me similar vibes to Hobo with a Shotgun, but it was like 80 times worse. Definitely. So, Demolisher has the... A cool poster, a cool name, a cool idea of basically a Punisher type one vigilante guy who goes around and like beats people up. The movie was the slowest, most boring movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So I had a female like love interest for the guy. We never got to meet her. We never got to find our backstory otherwise other than that she got I think it was either beat up or raped and was paralyzed. And she was a cop previously. Uh, uh, before or maybe she was shot and paralyzed I, th- I think that could have been it I can't remember it was so bad <laughs> and freaking but they never like give us any more they never give us a reason to like her other than like the fact that she's in a wheelchair it's like that's that's your reason for liking her she's in a wheelchair you gotta feel bad for her and this guy's gonna go beat the crap out of some gangsters that you have no idea if they have any connection to her yeah um or anything and it just, it didn't make any sense. I couldn't follow anything. It was so, so slow. There's a lot of slow motion in it, too. <laughs> I generally thought Zack Snyder filmed it for a second. Yeah, honestly. It was beyond slow motion in it. And the main character for being called the Demolisher, he gets demolished more than he demolishes. Oh, yeah, he gets his ass handed, which, I mean, to be fair, the Punisher does. Yeah. But he tends to kill more people than that like whoop his ass mm. this guy the opposite like more people kicked his ass than he actually like beat the crap out of i totally going through these reviews i've written i totally forgot about demolisher till now but what a fun memory uh never a good a horror movie that i watched uh we watched together was the ritual which i really liked oh uh which i think was a british movie that was filmed in sweden i want to say yes yeah, so, uh something like that uh yeah no it was sweden yeah it was really intense yeah. uh the monster was not scary i'll say that the cgi wasn't great monster wasn't scary but other than that like everything building up to the monster itself was intimidating just them walking through this like big open field i'm like they could get murdered anytime because like i do like going walking and hiking but like it's, it's always a like, constant fear in your back mind. you go into the woods and then you just get lost and you're like okay i don't know where i am 
And then also next thing you know, no food, no water, you wind up dying if you're not like, like good with nature and you don't know how to like extract food from a bark. And like, it was very intimidating, very scary. And then all of a sudden it, it eventually showed the monster. And like before it was like uh demonic images in their head. Like they'd have dream sequences of scary, like supernatural stuff. And that part was even more terrifying than seeing the monster up close. Yeah. I feel like, like what you're saying, the suspense building up to the final scene was much more terrifying than seeing the final monster. Yes. But uh, I didn't think the monster was that bad compared to what you say, but yeah, definitely the suspense of them being lost in the woods and them seeing scary shit was very frightening. And even though I don't recognize any of the four main actors, like the four buddies that were together, I don't recognize any of them. I thought their dialogue together of them like bantering back and forth was like terrific. I don't like, know, it almost felt like like improvised dialogue. That's how good it was. Yeah, it generally felt they were just like four best friends on a trip. Like, yeah. it generally felt like I was, like, if you and me and some other people took a trip, like, two other friends of ours took a trip, it felt like it would be that. Uh, another movie that I watched that I had a lot of fun, and this would probably be the last horror movie I talk about, is uh, a movie you saw first, if it I watched it with our friends Brad and Becky, Freaky. Yeah, Freaky. Oh, I had a lot of fun with that movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it's it's kind of a stupid fun, but it's good. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, and actually, I think I saw, I guess it would be its predecessor, like, I think back in high school. It was like Freaky Friday or something. It was basically yeah, the same. Freaky Friday, yeah. Same concept. But it was a mother and daughter, I believe it was. And they'd sw- be able to switch bodies. I, I forget how the whole magic thing worked. But they were able to switch bodies, and the mother would be in the daughter's body, and the daughter would be in the mother's body. This time, they are like, okay, let's switch it up, and let's put this daughter in the serial killer's body, and the mm. serial killer's Absolutely cool concept, and I loved it. Even though it did kind of go off, I believe they were Freaky Friday, as I believe it was called. They kind of went off that, but they're like, let's make it our own thing, and actually, let's make it a genuine horror movie. And it was it was really good. I did enjoy it. Yeah, and I don't think, it's not really, it is a horror movie, but it's more of like horror comedy. Yeah. It's not super scary. It has horror themes to it, but it's kind of a comedy too. But just Vince Vaughn, hers playing the serial killer, if it him playing a 16-year-old girl. girl stuck in the serial killer's body was so fucking funny. It was incredible. And then, he like, was so good. And dealing with everyday so like, I think she talked to her mother at one point, but, like, not knowing it was her because it's Vince Vaughn. Yeah. It was like he's trying to interact with her, and it's like, it was acting so par, or on par with, like, some of the great, greatest act I've ever seen. Honestly, yeah. I saw that. I was like, damn, Vince Vaughn needs to be in more movies. I don't know why he hasn't been in more things recently. Like, that was hilarious. Start to finish. There's a scene of uh, the girl, but she's once again stuck in Vince Vaughn's body. She finally gets to talk to her crush. <laughs> and uh, it's just like this high school like jock dude. And uh it's just him at the end making out with Vince Vaughn. Uh, and that was the only weird part. Because that was is, a little weird because he's, he's underage probably. Yeah. And I, I get where they're going with it because it's, it's Vince Vaughn, but he's a 16-year-old girl on the inside. I get, I get where they're going, but it was so weird. Yeah. But yeah, again, some par acting from all the characters and all the cast. And honestly, it was fun, dumb, genuine good. 
Yeah, honestly. Uh, yeah, so those are some of the things I watched recently. I watched... I, also, know, you, oh. I know you didn't see it all the way through, but what about Trick or Treat? I want your opinion. Uh, I need to rewatch it. Uh, it was We watched it on Halloween. It was very much in the background. Uh, it didn't seem as good as I wanted it to be, but also I wasn't really paying close okay. attention to it. That's kind of my opinion. It is as good as you want it to be. It's yeah. not anything amazing. It's not anything like bad. It's yeah. as good as you imagine in your head what if like a Halloween like kind of uh, what are they called like uh, folklore was turned into a comic book. Yeah, kind of. Uh, once again, I need to see more of it, but it seemed very uh, 2000s. It was also very 2000s, yeah. which def- I think it definitely is shot in early 2000s. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I need to rewatch more of it. Yeah, it was that and uh, Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. That if only I finished both of those movies, I would have finished 31 Days of Horror Movies in October. I'm very sad. Zombie Island. Oh, actually, no, that that we did classify as horror movie. That definitely counts. Yeah, and I unfortunately fell asleep right at that point. Uh, did you get to finish uh, Zombie Island? I finished them both. Well, I finished Trick or Treat, which was in the background, but of course I've seen it a million times, so easy for me to finish it. And I finished Zombie Island. Is uh, Zombie Island, would you consider a good Scooby-Doo movie? Oh, yeah, no, by far one of my favorite. Yeah. Generally because as a kid, it actually scared the shit out of me. Because mm. it's the only one that had, or at the time, that I remember having, like, real monsters. Yeah, because... It was the one time they didn't have someone that was just something underneath a hood or whatever, right? Yeah, in a mask. It was generally like actual zombies. What other things have you been watching recently? Oh, uh, I've been watching a few things. So, uh, so I, I did. I finished Squid Game finally, which oh, took nice. forever, but I did finish yeah. it right in the early stages of October. Immediately after that, I think it was recommended to me by Netflix. They're like, "Oh, I think it's My Name Is or My Name." Yeah. It's another Korean uh, action. Uh, Is it the girl's main character? Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's the daughter of this like big uh, drug kingpin, and her father gets murdered, and basically she starts going after the people who who murdered him. Mm-hmm. And she's not very good at it, of course, but she's kind of training under her her dad's like previous employer, this like other drug kingpin. Okay, so I guess her dad wouldn't be the drug kingpin; he'd be like the the head of all the henchmen, I guess. Yeah. He's the lead henchman. Okay. So like the lieutenant sort of? Yeah, like a lieutenant of the henchman. He gets murdered, and then his boss, the big over drug lord guy, it trains the daughter to go find out who killed her father and basically whoop their ass or kill them. It'd be a twist if it was the kingpin who killed her father. And it very well could be. I've not gotten that far yet. I also started another Korean movie that was recommended, not movie, show that was recommended to me by Netflix called... Uh, Alice in Borderland. I have not seen that. I've heard good things. Uh, yeah, I really watched the first episode. It was very close to Squid Game because it was kids that get pulled into some kind of game that is deadly and it kills people off okay. in a series of games. Uh, it's close to that. But uh, it's based around kids rather than adults. Uh, sort of. Yeah, they're like, they're kind of like in Squid Game, that girl who's like, she's in her like early oh, 20s. 20s. Okay. Yeah. So the, yeah, they didn't want to use anyone underage, of course. Um, another one I've started, it wasn't all that great, but I did, I did kind of enjoy it. It was, uh, the King's Avatar. King's Avatar. Uh, so it's a Chinese show, I believe. And it's, uh, basically this guy who is like the head of, uh, an online gaming, uh, what are they called? Esports. It, it, esports, but it's, uh, a guild. 
he's the head of a guild and he's like the best player around, but he falls really far. And he has to basically climb his way back up from the bottom. And he creates this whole new esports team to go up against all his previous competitors and their, their pre their, uh, their guilds. Okay. And it, it's a bit of a soap, soap, soap opera, soap drama. What are they called? A soap opera. Yeah. Soap opera. It, a bit of that, but it's got a bit of action adventure. It's got, uh, like a bit of, uh, gaming theme to it and a bit of yeah. adventure to the, the gaming part of it. It's good. It wouldn't be my first choice, but I did, I did enjoy the, for the few episodes I watched it for, which I think was, I got halfway through the first season. Mm. It was pretty decent. Um, another one I started recently, I think I got a Nathan Fillion kick. I got into castle. I got castle. Yeah. I got one and a half season. Cause it's now on Hulu. Okay. I got one and a half seasons into that. And it is as good as I expected it to be. Oh, good. Uh, it's, it's early 2000s kind of buddy cop mixed with like kind of almost private investigator because Nathan Fillion's not actually a cop in the show. He's a book writer, author, book author. Um, and he basically works with a detective to solve crime. Um, it, kind of that vibe. It's all right. Nothing great. Nothing terrible. But yeah, I, early I do. 2000s cop shows. Early 2000s. And then I actually watched another one where he actually is a cop, The Rookie. The Rookie. I've heard about that. It's a newer show. It is a newer show. Yeah. He's like um, an older rookie or whatever. Yeah, so he's he's fifty some odd years old, I think, and he's working with in the rookie academy with twenty to thirty year olds, like people much younger than him, much more fit and agile than him. But he still wants to try to prove himself, and he wants to become the best cop imaginable. And it's a good, it's a very good drama, and it very much is a statement as to why I'd never want to move to LA. Like I know it's <laughs> it's made to be dramatic and like it's made to exaggerate a lot of things. Yeah, but like even that, it still makes it very scary because mm. a lot of like drug crime. Um, oh yeah, just random stuff too. Like uh, like stuff that you wouldn't expect to happen, but you know possibly could. So, like this. Uh, was uh, one of the few episodes I watched recently was like uh, this, this truck driver decides to take revenge on his wife. So he tracks her credit cards to this motel in LA. And then he goes and like starts beating the crap out of her because he could track her. And again, it's not something that normally would happen, but it's something that's possible. And it just, it very much intimidated me, but in a good way, I did enjoy watching it. Make you go. I definitely do not want to go to LA, LA or like talk to people in general. That's what I felt like after watching last night's Soho about, except about Britain. I was like, I do not want to go to England now. <laughs> if you watch the movie, you'll understand. Okay. I, I do have to watch it, so yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, so there's a few of the live action. I've also been watching a lot of anime. Um, when I, uh, second season of Demon Slayer's out. Yep, heard about that. Good show, and it's getting better, honestly. Uh, another one I watched was... Uh, what was the name of it? Man, I should have this up on my phone so I could actually remember it. Yeah, I'm not going to think of this off the top of my head. See, I have Letterbox, which kind of like logs everything I've been watching. So that's why I'm able to like go, oh, this is what I watched recently. Smart choice. Unfortunately, it only is for uh, movies, not TV shows, which doesn't really work for you since you mostly watch TV shows. I do watch a lot of TV. Which I, I like TV more because I think it tells you can tell a better story if you choose to. Yeah, longer story, yeah. Yeah, like Dune, as we said, would have made a much better TV show because you could tell it over a longer period of time, more episodes, and just drag it out a bit longer. Yeah. I think books work better as TV shows. 
Harry yeah, Potter definitely. wasn't was an exception, and maybe the the Lord of the Rings, but other than those, like most of them. Well, weren't. Amazon's making Lord of the Rings into a TV show, which kind of seems unnecessary at this point because we already have the movies and the books. But yeah, their choice. Yeah, whatever. They spent a shit ton of money on that. I don't think I'm going to be that interested in it. Like, the movies were amazing, and I don't think they can beat it. And it's also going to be, like, a different time period. It's going to be characters that we're not as connected to. Yeah. So we already have Lord of the Rings, the movies. We already have Lord of the Rings, the books. We have The Hobbit. Yep. That was also unnecessary as a book and a movie. Um, Like, why need? Why do we need more? Like, I guess they think they can make some big money. They need... And a also, Game of Thrones, there's no Game of Thrones now, so there needs to be a new Game of Thrones. Yeah. Besides the Game of Thrones prequel, that's going to come out. Which also seems unnecessary. Yeah. Because I think, like, half the people gave up by season, whatever it was, seven or whatever it was, on Game of Thrones, because they pushed it farther than they should have. And I think that's any show. If if you make a prequel or not, they're just going to be continuing to push it and push it farther. See, that's than the thing about movie, though, is that it's either going to be good or bad. There's no... Oh, it was good at first, vivid later seasons gets bad, so you might as well not watch the later seasons. Yeah. But or, oh, it's not very good at the beginning, but you got to push through it, then you'll get to the good stuff. That's that's fair. I, I mean, I've, I've watched One Piece. I understand that. <laughs> After yeah. the thousandth episode, it gets really good. Oh, yeah, you got to push through 1,000 episodes. It's, yeah, that's all you got to push through. No, you're only going to push through 500 before it starts getting good. <laughs> I saw the many Saints of Newark on HBO Max. It's the uh, prequel. Speaking of unnecessary prequels, the a prequel to the hit TV show The Sopranos, uh, and it was uh, pretty disappointing. Actually, I was kind of sad. Was, uh, did you expect anything more of it though? I did, because the same writer as the show, or at least the main lead writer. But yeah, it was uh, pretty disappointing. Uh, did not seem like the same quality at all. Close. It was like two drastic different things. Mm. But, you know, you know, we all get disappointed once in a while. Or all the time. Or all the time, yeah. I don't uh, know, that's the biggest thing with movies and TV shows is you get the same writer for for something that did amazing but then it's maybe there's heart isn't even in it as much. Yeah. And then you just, you feel that when you see it for you it was the, that, that movie. Yeah. It was like their heart wasn't as much as it was for the Sopranos because they probably spent so long in the Sopranos. They were like, okay, I've made everything I can make. And then the TV executive producers like make more. And you're like, I can't at this point. Mm. They're like, make a prequel. And you're like, okay, I'll try. If then you get this. Yeah. And then you get something that's, their heart's not in it, but it's still okay-ish quality. Yeah, that's pretty much what I thought. Uh, yeah, so that's some of the stuff we've been watching October and November. Let's talk before we wrap up the show. Uh, comic Book of the Week and Game of the Week. So Comic Book of the Week, I have it around here somewhere. Where is that? Uh, it's around here somewhere. Oh, here it is. I'm going to give it to you to read or look at at least. Uh, sentient. So that's what I read recently. It was very good. So Spaceships. Sentient. Uh, written by Jeff Lemire, who you might remember from writing uh, Black Hammer. He wrote that. Uh, you might have read it. Or maybe it was just Mile who read it. I didn't read Black Hammer, but I wrote the, read the, the follow-up to Black Hammer. The follow-up? Oh, okay. Like the sequel? Uh, it wasn't the sequel. It was where Black Hammer teamed up with all the people. I guess the 
On the farm? Yeah, the, the farm one. Yeah, that's Black Hammer. Oh, that is Black Hammer. Yep. But it's I thought it had the character, the character in it. Huh? Yeah. Oh, Black Hammer was dead. Yeah, he is. Okay. Oh, but that that's what it's called is Black Hammer. Yep. Okay. And I think in some of the later ones, they go more to the past where Black Hammer is alive. Okay, that makes more sense now. Anyway. But yeah, Sentient's good. It's a sci-fi base. I thought I was going to read it to get some alien inspiration, but I got something kind of a little bit different. So it's a space colony that is going in outer space to go colonize a new planet. But then a terrorist is on board because there's a bunch of children who all kind of live together and uh, they're being taken care of by the AI on the ship, which kind of runs the whole ship. And... Uh, one of the kids' mother is a terrorist, and she does something that kills all of the adults on the ship, all the adults in one room at one time, and she basically poisons everyone but her. And then she goes back for her kid. The ship, who can control different like parts, kills the mother in front of all the kids. And then after that, it's a whole ship full of kids who are like between like two and ten. And it's all them and the AI. So the rest of the story is this AI training the kids how to run a spaceship like if they were adults. And the kids having to kind of grow up to take care of each other to run this ship. Okay. And then they find like an abandoned space colony. They go on that and just some creepy things that happen there. And then another ship with its own AI does a tractor beam to take control of this ship. And then other like basically pirates get on board to try to take over the ship. And uh, they're trying to like kill the AI that they've all grown so attached to. And then, you know, of course there's drama there. But yeah, it was a very good read. Sounds very interesting. And judging by like art style, kind of gives me vibes of like Firefly. Yeah. And uh, another show I watched a while back. This is similar to Firefly. But yeah, no, this actually looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, I only art. saw the first page so far and it looked epic because like I just saw a floating dead body in space on the first page. I'm like, yeah. that's a good way to start the story. Yeah, good visual to start it off. But yeah, Sentient is uh, pretty good. I think it won uh, in any for best uh, limited sh- uh, series. So it's just that. That's the only thing to it. But it goes but by It wraps up quick. the whole story. Wraps know. up the whole story, yeah. Okay. It's a good story for beginning to end. I can see it being like a, like a short TV show. Like, you know, like a six-episode TV show. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Won't be bad. Uh, Game of the Week is something I've been playing with my girlfriend a lot called Unravel 2 which maybe I talked about on this show a we, long time ago. Well, we've talked about Unravel 1. Unravel 1, yep. Because so, we played that at one point. I think you and your sister used to play that a lot. Yep. So uh, We played Unravel 2, and uh, which was on sale on the Nintendo Store. We played it, and it's uh, also an amazing game. It's He plays little yardies, these little people. Uh, uh, they're made out of yard, and they live in a big world. And you're kind of the size of like a mouse, I believe. And it's just a beautiful game, probably the best music in a video game I've ever heard, because it's a mixture of, like, violin and fiddle with, like, kind of, like, uh, folk music, kind of, like, folk country, kind of. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe the music, but very, not country, but, like, folk music, sort of. It's hard to describe, uh, but it's a beautiful game of you play these little yardies who are trying to get from one you open up in a portal in one area and you're trying to get to the other area. You have to like 
work together because you guys are attached by yard. You guys can't get too far away. You use the yard to like swing on things and uh, you have to work together to solve puzzles to get to the next area. You get chased by things. Yeah. Some platforming and stuff, right? Yeah, it's platforming. It's mostly puzzle based, but yeah, it's puzzle platforming. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a lot of parkour and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just a really nice game. Uh, certain levels that get very, very difficult. Like we had some spots that like the beginning levels would take us like 20, 25 minutes to do. The later levels took us like two and a half hours to do, which maybe was because we're high, but also is very long. But once we actually beat it, it was very much worth it. And uh, Unraveled 1 and 2 are made by independent studio, a small group at the end of their games. They're like, hey, we made this together as a group. We don't have a lead director on this. This is all the people that worked on this game. We all worked on it uh, as a democracy. We all voice our opinions, and sometimes it was tough, but when we came to something, it was uh, a choice by everyone in the group, and it made the game a better game. And uh, the games were bought and produced by EA Sports, which is kind of ironic, considering EA Sports is like, people see as like the worst game company out there. Kind of, uh, yeah. Because they're the most like greedy company they put like micro transactions in all their games and whatnot but this game was made by really awesome people produced by a company that most people don't like but they really had nothing to do with the game itself but yeah it's just a beautiful little game and it's um, even when it's non-sale it's not that much money it's just a fun game to play between two people but yeah it's a very good game uh yeah i think that's everything time to wrap this show up travis all right so once again Please follow the Beer Pretzel Podcast, the Facebook groups, uh, you know, Instagram, stuff like that, even though I probably will still post to the Trash Like Podcast social medias. But the channel, iTunes, Pandora, uh, whatever, Podbean of Trash Like Podcast will be going away. So if you listen to it on Trash Like Podcast, please follow the Beer Pretzel Podcast before it's too late. But I'll still be making updates on the social media channels. And from now on, you'll see all the links on our social medias. We'll be going right to the Bear Pretzel Podcast Network, where all the episodes of that channel and Trash Talk Podcast will be. Thanks for listening for the two or three years we've been doing this. And hopefully, if you're still listening, you will continue to listen on the new channel. And new uh, old channel, new old channel. It's been going around this roughly the same amount of time. Yeah. But we got a lot of good stuff there. If you think the episodes are too inconsistent on this channel, on that channel, there's a consistent two episodes per week. So there's plenty of content to listen to, even if it's not trash talk podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Austin and Travis. And we sign off and hopefully we'll see you next time on trash talk podcast. <laughs>